Hey, we are continuing our series, Ready or Not. Ready or Not. And, and those are some scary words, because usually when somebody says, ready or not, it means you're not ready, right? They don't say that when you're ready. They say that when you're not ready. And we've all had those experiences in lives. We've all had those ready or not moments, those pop quizzes in life that we're not ready for. You've got to give a presentation the next day. You've got to jump into a new phase in life. You've got to, uh, you know, tackle uh, health issues. You've got to go to a funeral that you weren't expecting. You, you've got a new job that you weren't ready for, that you weren't trained in, and you have those ready or not moments in life. We all go through them. And like we talked about last week, we're going through one right now as a church. This is a ready or not moment. You know, what do we, what do we do? What do we do? God, we, we don't have all the pastors that we used to. What do we do? And, and so it's ready or not. Are you ready to step up in leadership? Are you ready to, to go to a new level? Are you ready to, to fill the gaps? And I believe God is calling our church to a new level of leadership. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. He's going to raise the water level of leadership in this church. And because of that, more people are going to come in and we're going to have people ready to disciple them, to, to bring them under their wing and say, uh, let me show you who Jesus is. Let me show you what it means to be a Christian. Let's do a Bible study together. Let's do life together. And, and as we raise that level of leadership, God is going to, to just break out in this city. I fully believe that. I fully believe that. So God's calling us to a new level of leadership because uh, no matter who's preaching from the pulpit, we still have the same vision. Love God, love people, and share Christ. That's not going to change. Uh, God didn't change his, his great commandment or his, his great commission. He still tells us to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. That's, that's what we need to do as a church. That's not going to change. So it's up to us. It's up to us to say, we are going to carry out this vision. I'm going to get involved. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. I'm going to get into the, into the game. Uh, I'm going to be on God's team. We know we have this mission, so we have two options in the face of adversity. We can either run away or we can run to God. We can run away and be like, not my problem. I'm just going to go hide in the corner over here. Somebody else is going to do it. Or we can say, God, I'm going to run to you. I may not have all the answers, but I'm going to rely on you today. And so I encourage you, through this whole series, we're, we're looking in the book of Proverbs, and uh, run to God. Get wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, which I think we can all maybe raise our hands on that one, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It will be given to you. So if you lack wisdom this morning, we need to run to God. We need to ask him because he's got some good gifts in store for you. He wants to give you wisdom this morning, and we all need wisdom to lead. We all need wisdom to step up, and God's going to give it to you if you ask. And, and so again, we've been going through this book of Proverbs, and I, I hope all of you guys got one of these devotionals, the Ready or Not uh, devotional. It just takes you through a chapter of Proverbs each day. If you don't have one, uh, we printed more last week. They're available on the welcome desk, and it's not too late to start reading your Bible now, all right? I promise you. You can jump in. On, we're on chapter 7 today, and uh, you can jump in today, and it'll be great. Uh, you can even follow along online. It's digital as well, but it's been so good. I hope you've been doing it. I've been hearing great stories of just uh, people getting together, coming together, and doing the Devo. Uh, you can comment on Facebook. I encourage you to do that. We'll be posting every single day. If you don't follow AFA on Facebook, be sure to like our page and just jump on the comments. Each day we'll be posting a, a new verse. And again, it's because we're all growing together. We are all growing together. In fact, if we kind of grow like wonky and one part gets bigger, the, the church is a body. And bodies grow together. It would be weird if I just all of a sudden had a giant hand up here that I couldn't support with the rest of my body, right? As a church, we all grow together. So let's do this together as we look into Proverbs. And uh, this week, and I'm excited. God's got something. He's going to speak something to somebody in this room this morning. I, I firmly believe it, man. This week has been, uh, it's been a struggle. It, there's been some spiritual warfare going on, and I know that the devil just has something that he doesn't want shared today. Uh, but God's got something big for you. 
And if not for you, for sure, he's got something big for your neighbor. So just nudge your neighbor and let him know, hey, God's got something for you. You need to hear this. Listen up, right? And we're going to be talking about the number one thing that you need to be a good leader. The number one lesson of leadership. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, open them up to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, we're going to discover the number one key to being a great leader. Because some of you are like, I'm not ready to be a leader. I'm not prepared. Uh, but we're going to prepare you this morning. And it might be easier than, than you even think. While you're turning there, there's a survey that they did of 1,500 managers in our country, all across the nation, 1,500 managers, and they asked them one question. The question was this, what values, personal traits, or characteristics do you look for and admire in your superiors? So why do you enjoy serving your boss? Why do you, why do you think your boss is a great leader? And they listed, they came up with 225 different character traits, different attributes of what it means to be a great leader, right? And they, they compile them all. And, and so I'm going to share with you some, some results this morning, all right? So what do you think? You know, what, what does it take to be a great leader? Some of you might think, like, great leaders, they give good speeches. You know, they, they are really good at communicating. You know, the, those coaches out there that give their players the rah-rah speech at halftime, and they go out there and they win the game. You know, a great leader, they need to be able to communicate well. Or a great leader, you need to be smart. You need to be intelligent to lead people, right? Uh, great leaders, they've got to be like those 4.0 students. They, they are just quick-witted. They always have the right answer. They're full of wisdom, all those different things. And, and so you think, okay, those are probably the, the top marks for a great leader. They're skilled. They're talented. They're good communicators. They're inspiring. When they broke it down, the top five, Top five categories for a leader, for a great leader were these. Number five was a great leader has convictions. The fourth one was a great leader has character. The third one was a great leader is trustworthy. The second one was a great leader is truthful. And the first one was a great leader has integrity. So they're all integrity, honest, truthful, character. In other words, you don't need to be the most skilled. You don't need to be the smartest. You, you don't need uh, to be the most inspiring or have the best communication skills. What you need is integrity. You need to be honest. You need to be truthful. Nobody wants to follow the smartest. They want to follow the people who have the most integrity. Because there's no trust without integrity. And without integrity, how can you lead people? Have you ever worked for a boss that had no integrity? It's not easy. They say one thing and do another. You can probably list the names in your head of bosses that you've had that haven't had integrity. But if you want to be a great leader, it starts with integrity. In fact, Proverbs chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles there, verse 23 puts it this way. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Your heart. I integrity. It's vital because everything you do flows from your heart. I mean, everything you do flows from your heart. And that's what we need. That's the number one thing as a leader is we need to check our heart. We need to make sure that our heart is right. Because if our heart isn't right, we are not ready to lead. So what is our heart? I'm not talking about your physical heart that thing that's beating inside your chest. I'm talking about your spiritual heart, who you are in the depths of your soul, right? Who you, who you are, the totality of your intellect, of your emotion, of your will. It's those beliefs that you hold deep down inside. That's who you are. That's, that's your heart, right? Those, those intangibles about you. That is the heart that we're talking about. In fact, the Bible says, uh, it gives a lot of different things for your heart, but it says you can meditate in your heart. You can pray in your heart. You can hide God's word in your heart. You devise plans in your heart. Doubt starts in the heart. Belief starts in the heart. Your heart can be fearful. Your heart can be anxious. Uh, your heart can be repentant. It can be courageous. It can be humble. It can be burning. You can have passion starts in the heart. Grieving comes from the heart. We can set our hearts on things. We can have a heart that's yielded to God or a heart that's ready to receive. So that's, that's the heart that we're talking about. 
this morning. This is the kind of heart that you need in order to lead. Leadership starts from the heart and everything else flows from it. So if you want to be a good leader this morning, again, the number one thing in leadership is you need to have the heart of a leader. You need to have integrity. So we're talking about the heart of a leader. We're talking about integrity today. Integrity is what you do when no one else is watching. What do you do when no one else is watching? When you, when you don't think it affects anyone, what do you do? Are you the same person? Uh, integrity is being willing to do what's right even when it's hard. It's, it's being willing to choose. No, I'm going to, I could take the easy route or I could take the right route. We need to take the right route. That's, that's integrity. Integrity is doing what's right regardless of how much it costs you. That's integrity. That's integrity. Uh, there's a story Maybe a little bit of an example of, of integrity. There's a story of a successful businessman who was growing old, and he knew that it was time to choose his successor, to take over his business. Instead of choosing one of his directors or his children, he decided to do something different. And he called in all of his young executives in his company, and he said to them, it's time for me to step down as, as the CEO. And I'm going to choose the next CEO, and I've decided to choose one of you. The young executives were shocked, but the boss continued, I'm going to give each one of you today a seed, a very special seed. I want you to plant that seed, water it, and come back here one year from today with what you have grown from the seed that I've given you. I will judge the plants that you bring, and the one I choose will be the next CEO. That is an interesting competition. One man named Jim was there that day, and he, like the others, received a seed, and he went home, and excitedly, he told his wife the whole story. She helped him get a pot, soil, and compost, and he planted the seed, and every day he would water it, and he would watch to see if it was going to grow. After about three weeks, some of the other executives began to talk about their seeds and the plants that were beginning to grow. Jim kept checking his seed, but nothing ever grew. Three weeks four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, still nothing. By now, others were talking about their plants, but Jim didn't have a plant, and he felt like a failure. Six months went by, still nothing in Jim's pot. It was just a pot of dirt. He just knew he had killed his seed. Everyone else had trees and tall plants, but he had nothing. Now, Jim didn't say anything to his colleagues. He just kept watering and fertilizing the soil. He so wanted the seed to grow. I mean, he's just ashamed. Everybody else has grown a seed. A year went by, and the CEO asked the young executives to bring their plants to work for inspection. This was, this was the day. And when Jim told his wife that he wasn't going to take the empty pot, she asked him to be honest about what happened. Jim felt sick to his stomach. It was going to be the most embarrassing moment of his life, but he knew his wife was right. So he took his empty pot to the boardroom that day. When Jim arrived, he was amazed at the variety of plants that were grown by the other executives. They were beautiful. They were in all shapes and sizes. Jim put his empty pot on the floor, and many of his colleagues laughed. A few of them even felt sorry for him. And when the CEO arrived, he surveyed the room, and he greeted his young executives. And Jim just tried to hide in the back. And the executives said, hey, what great plants and trees and flowers you have grown. Today, one of you will be appointed the next CEO. All of a sudden, the CEO spotted Jim in the back with his empty pot, and he asked Jim to come to the front of the room. Jim was terrified. He thought, the CEO, the CEO he knows I'm a failure, and I'm going to get fired. And when Jim got to the front, the CEO asked him what had happened to his seed, and Jim told him the story. I planted it, I watered it, and nothing grew. And the CEO asked everyone to sit down except for Jim, and he looked at Jim, and then he announced to the young executives, Behold, this is your next CEO, Jim. Jim couldn't believe it. I mean, Jim couldn't even get his seed to grow. How could he be the new CEO? I mean, everybody was wondering, why he didn't even grow a plant. Why not? And the CEO said, One year ago today, I gave everyone in this room a seed. I told you to take the seed, to plant it, to water it, and to bring it back to me today. But what you didn't know is that I gave you all boiled seeds. They were dead. It was not possible for them to grow. All of you except Jim brought me trees and plants and flowers when you found that the seed would not grow. You substituted your seed for another one. 
Jim was the only one with the courage and honesty to bring me a pot with my seed in it. Therefore, he is the only one to be the next CEO of our company. Like, what a test of integrity. Man, I think after that one month part, I know I'm not very good at growing things, but I would probably give in to that temptation of, oh, somebody else is, they've got a beautiful plant. I need to catch up. And everybody did except Jim. And that's, that's integrity. That's integrity. It's being honest. That's the heart of a leader is saying, I'm going to step up for what's right even when nobody else will. Even when this seems like the easier path, I'm going to take the right one. And Proverbs talks all about integrity. In fact, 77 times in the book of Proverbs, it talks about integrity. It talks about your heart. More than any other book besides Psalm uh, in the Bible, Proverbs talks about our hearts. Here's some signs of a bad heart this morning, all right? This is, this is a heart check. Your bad heart devises evil. It devises wicked plans. It sows discord, disunity, tells lies. Bad heart lies. It proclaims foolishness pours out evil. It rages against the Lord. It rejoices when your enemies fall. A bad heart is full of pride. A bad heart is full of envy. Do a little heart check this morning. Do you have a bad heart or a good heart today? It says the consequences of a bad heart is that it makes, it literally makes your bones rot. That's an interesting one. Uh, Again, these are all from Proverbs. It says a bad heart will get what it deserves. A bad heart is of little worth. It's an abomination to the Lord. A bad heart will be punished and calamity will come on those with a bad heart. But listen to, this is what it says about a good heart. It says that God is a shield to those who walk in integrity. God protects those who walk in integrity. That whoever walks in integrity walks securely. You don't have to be afraid because the Lord is there to protect you. You walk securely. Uh, In Proverbs 19, it says, Better is a poor person who walks in integrity than one who is crooked in speech and a fool. It's better to be poor and have integrity than to be wealthy and to tell lies. It says, The righteous who walks in integrity, blessed are his children after him. When you walk in integrity, it affects the next generation. It affects the next generation. So that's, do you have a good heart? Do you have a bad heart? How's your soul this morning? How's your heart? We all need need a heart check. Because to be a good leader, it starts with our heart. It starts with our heart. Proverbs 20, let me give you one more proverb. 27, 19 says this, as water, as in water, face reflects face, so the heart of a man reflects the man. You want to see how you're doing? Check your heart. Allow God to test your heart and, and see what's going on, because that's the true sign of, are you ready for leadership? Are you ready for the next step? Look at the heart of a man. So ask yourself these questions this morning. You don't have to answer out loud. Just ask in your mind. Are there areas of your life that you are intentionally hiding from those that you love? Are there areas in your life that you're, you're thinking, man, I, I just really hope my spouse doesn't find out about this. Or I hope no one from church sees me here. You ever asked that question before? <laughs> you know, you thought that like, oh man, I just really hope no one from church walks in right now. Those questions, if you answered like yes to those questions, those should be alarms setting off something is wrong. Warning, warning, something's off with my heart. Something's off with my heart. But if we want to take our next step in leadership, then we need to be willing to face those things. We need to be willing to give those to God. We need to be willing to say, all right, God, here's some things. My heart's a little broken today. Will you fix it? So again, be asking yourself, how is your soul? How is your heart? What is the condition of your heart this morning? And while you're pondering that, uh, I want to take a little commercial break, if that's okay. We all like commercials, don't we? And I want to invite uh, Brian and Wilma Anderson. Would you come on up? We're going to just have a, a little interview time. We'll, we'll be doing this throughout this, this series of, of just interviewing some leaders in the church and what it means to be a leader, how, how they got into leadership. So Brian and Wilma, uh, why don't you come on up? You can take a seat over here. And we get to just celebrate what God is doing in your guys' life, how God is using you uh, as leaders. So come on, we got microphones there. If you haven't gotten to know Brian and Wilma, they are a great couple. God has used them greatly. Some of you would be like, yeah, I don't know them. These are also, they're they're most famous around these parts. They're known as Nathan's parents. 
All right, so if you don't know him and you know Nathan Anderson, these are his parents. This is why he turned out so great. And, uh, right, yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. And you, you've got so, some good kids and some good grandkids, but we just want to get to know you a little bit more this morning. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves. How did you come to AFA? Uh, what, what brought you here? How long have you been at AFA? Just tell us a little bit of your story. Well, we moved here during the pandemic, we moved on March 10th, and they closed the state down on March 11th. And so just in time. Just in time. Yeah. Uh, we have attended this church off and on through the years with Nathan and his family, and so we pretty much knew this is where we wanted to attend. I served as a pastor for 28 years in five different churches, not necessarily full-time because I got my license 46 years ago to preach. How about you, Wilma? What, what, uh, where were you guys at before this? Where would you move from? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we moved here from Hill City, beautiful part of the state. Um, small church, friendly church, close church. Yeah. And been back only once, I think, to visit. So you guys moved from Hill City out here, and, and you've been a part of the church, oh, how year and a half now? Is that, a, is that have been about what it yeah, is? Yeah, about a year and about a half. About a year and a half. All right, and since you've been here at AFA, what, what are different areas that you've gotten involved with, with, with leadership? What are some different things that, that you're doing now? Well, I, I've gotten involved with the Wednesday prayer at noon. Uh, there is a group of very faithful people who gather and we pray for the needs of the church and, and for the church itself. And now I... And, and just a small aside there, is that, can anybody show up or do you have to like have so many hours of prayer logged before that you're worthy um, to come out on Wednesdays? You have to be willing. You have to be willing. Okay. So that's, that's the only that's requirement. That's the only requirement. Okay. And uh, we start out, we're praying by ourselves and then uh, about 12.30 we get together and we talk about the needs of the church and the world and pray for them. Yeah. And then when Pastor Brad left, they asked me to teach his Sunday school class, which I'm enjoying immensely. Yeah, and I see you've got a new series coming up. Yes, where I'm excited about the Christmas experience. So next Sunday is a good Sunday to start Sunday school off, right? You got a you got a whole new series, and that that'll be good. Uh, any other areas of the church? You you had mentioned to me this week about something that's maybe not like a a title by position, but you talked about how you can encourage other people. And I guess that would be uh, one of the projects of my heart. One of the callings of my heart is to try to encourage others. Um, I try to thank people for what they're doing, ushers and greeters and teachers and leaders like yourself, and to just let them know somebody's thinking about them and cares about what they're doing. Yeah, and, and I love that so much. You know, you, you've got some spots, you know, we, we'd ask you, hey, would you come up and, and would you... Uh, you know, lead this Sunday school class, and, and uh, you've done a great job with that, and, and so thankful for, for you leading in that area. But your leadership didn't just stop with, all right, this is my time from 9.30 to 10.30 to lead people. Uh, I like that you brought that over. You had discussed about, you know, I'm just sending notes to people and, and just being an encouragement. Like that right there, that's, that's leadership. That, that's leadership, just encouraging other people. And, and sometimes I think, you know, we're sitting out here, and it's just well, nobody asked me. You know, I, I don't know how to, how to get involved or how to do that, but that's just something simple. You just send a note saying, I'm praying for you. Here's, here's a scripture that stood out to me that I want to share with you. And that's powerful, and it can go a long way, and, and you don't have to have years of leadership experience to be able to write a thank you note. You just have to have a willing heart to bless people. Because there's... There's times when we don't know what's happening in their lives, and if we can say something encouraging to them, then maybe they're going to have a better day. 
Absolutely. So I, I love that you guys are stepping up in, in prayer. You know, again, that's voluntarily. You, you just have to be willing, like you mentioned. Uh, you're, you're part of the prayer team down here as well. So thank you for doing that, leading a Bible study, and just encouraging people. Again, some of those have titles. Some of those are just, you're willing. And that was the only qualification that you needed to step up in leadership was a willing heart. Hey, we're talking about integrity today. We're, we're talking about a willing heart today. How would you say, you've been a pastor for, for 28 years, uh, how would you say integrity has played a role in that? And Wilma, you might have some insight because you get to see what he looks like when he's not up preaching. Uh, and maybe you can provide some insight, but what, what role has integrity played in your leadership through the years? Well, I think integrity is based on your heart to God. That you are keeping in mind that your relationship with God is first. And sometimes we get so busy we, we don't have time or we don't take time to be in his word. And one of the things I've found is that you can pray when you're driving across town to the grocery store. You can pray when you're going to Walmart. You can pray when you're driving to church. You can just talk to the Lord anytime. Um, if you're sitting in your chair and you've stopped reading what you're reading, you can take three minutes, five minutes, uh, if somebody comes to your mind, to pray for them. One of the lessons I bigger lessons that we have found is not just with our spiritual life, but with our family is to be consistent. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's the message that, that we uh, both believe in. Wilma has taught school for many years, and, and that was one of her themes, to be consistent in the way she treated and the way she taught. Yeah, absolutely. You know, consistency. You were even giving me some parent advice the other night. These are, these are the couple I go to if I need some wisdom. Uh, this is definitely first one. So if you guys need any wisdom out there, you know, you're looking, talk to these guys. They, they've been through a lot. They've seen a lot. Uh, but just that consistency, whether you're parenting, consistency in parenting, or whether it's your relationship with God, that consistency, that taking that time, that discipline every day, I'm going to get in God's word, even though... It may not feel like I have time for it, or I may be so busy, I don't know what to do. I'm going to be consistent. So that integrity, it's, that's so huge. That's, that's brought you a long way. I'm going to say this about integrity, too. I had this thought this morning. Um, Brian hasn't always been a pastor. And when he, when he wasn't a pastor, he worked many, many hours, farmer's hours, basically, away from home. And I had people say, do you worry about him? You know, is he going to do something he shouldn't do or whatever? And no, you know, if, if he's on the job, he's on the job and he's not doing anything else. And you, so that integrity that, you know, and if you go, if you go to look for your kids, you want them to be people of integrity too. I told you that you could go location A and if something happens and I need to find you, I can go to location A and I can find you. And that, that's what God wants us too. Yeah. You know, sends us someplace and he wants to find us there. Find us faithful. Integrity. Passing it on to the next generation. I love it. Uh, just one final question would be, what, what advice would you have to pass down to those who are thinking, you know, am I ready for leadership in the church? Am I ready to step up? Am I ready to serve? You know, what, what do I need to know uh, if they're on the fence? What, what advice would you give them today? Well, my first piece of advice would be, you can do it. You can do something. Um, if you were willing to come and, and do something at the church, uh, whether it's decorating or whether it's uh, cleaning or whatever, I know that there's staff that do that. But you could find out who they are and say, hey, you're going to be changing things. Can I help? I've, the last two times you've changed this platform, I've been here. and That's quite a process. And there's a handful of people that come together. And they do a great job with put a lot of thought in it. It's not 
okay, I guess we got to change it. What are we going to do? They've planned it out and thought it out, and they're doing it. For other people, it's just what can I do? If you are a good cook and you can make some great cookies, I'm sure there's some people who would accept those cookies. There's always, yeah, absolutely. Just pretty sure about that fact. <laughs> if you're a handyman, maybe somebody needs a window repaired, a door that's out of whack and needs to be adjusted so it closes. Uh, maybe you notice somebody in the church and they've got a low tire and they're just not capable or maybe they don't even realize they have a low tire and you can say, hey, on the way home, why don't we stop a gas station and let me put some air on that. I think we have to understand that leadership starts with little things yeah. and you grow as you are allowed to do more as God calls you. Yeah, when we're faithful with the little, God will give us more. And I think start small too. Um, God will grow you and you'll find more things that you're comfortable doing. One thing that we did, I did, I guess Brian didn't, but um, Katie and Shanna have lists that you can sign up for uh, to help and then they'll call you and ask you, to participate because the body doesn't need everybody every time to do some of those serving kinds of things. But do that and get acquainted with the people in your section. That's that here in the congregation. That's what I've been trying to do is get acquainted with the people in my little corner of the sanctuary. So that's another good start. Learn their names and what they like and what they don't like and go from there. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing your, your leadership and some wisdom. And also one other thing, you don't have to be a pastor for 28 years to get involved either. That wasn't one of the requirements uh, of leadership. But thank you so much, Brian. Well, would you give it up for these wonderful people? Thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. So we'll, we'll try to provide some commercials in the next several sermons, because I know you guys get a little tired, don't you? You know, you, you, you hear me constantly talking, it starts to, you know, the snoozing starts to come on. So we're, we'll take some commercials just to keep things interesting and lively around here. Uh, but jumping back into the message again, we're talking about integrity, and I hope you're learning that the people are going to follow more than what you just simply say. They're going to follow what you do. They're going to follow how you live. They're going to follow who you are. Uh, I've told our youth leaders this many times of, okay, you're, you're a leader on Wednesday nights, but you're also a leader on Sunday mornings when you have no responsibility. You're, you're a leader when you choose to sit up front rather than when you choose to sit in the back. You're a leader when you choose to give. You're, you're a leader when you do your devotionals every day. You're a leader when you're in the grocery store. You're a leader everywhere you go because people are watching. People are watching. You're not sitting there judging you, but people are watching and they're learning from how you live from how you do the little things. People are always watching and learning. And they're like, okay, that's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to follow Jesus. So what kind of an example are you giving? Are you walking in integrity? Are you walking in integrity? Because everything we do flows from our heart. And, and there's a second part to that verse in Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 24 says this. Again, everything you do flows from the heart. And then it says, keep your mouth free from perversity, Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. Everything you do flows from the heart. It talks about your mouth, your eyes, and your feet. Every other part of the body flows from the heart. So let me go through those three things real fast this morning. What you say comes from the heart. What you say comes from the heart. We're going to look more at this next week, but what you say comes from the heart. In fact, Jesus said this in, in Matthew 15. It says, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and it defiles a person. So what the words we say, they come directly from the heart. 
Have you ever noticed that the people that you hang around with or you spend a lot of time with somebody, you start to say the same things they do? You pick up their vocabulary or you watch a show constantly and all of a sudden you start telling the same jokes and telling all these things and you, you pick it up. Because whatever you put into your heart, it eventually finds a way to come out of your heart and it usually comes through your mouth. And it begins to, you begin to say those things. So that's why it says, keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk from your lips because it all starts in the heart. We need to keep that pure. So what's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your mouth? Is it lies? Is it deceit? Is it evil? Is it corrupt talk? Is it blasphemy? What's coming out of your mouth? Because that starts in the heart. It also says that what you fix your eyes on comes from the heart. What you look at comes from the heart. It doesn't, you don't look at it and then it goes to the heart. Where you turn your gaze, that comes from the heart. I noticed a common theme in the first seven chapters of Proverbs as you're reading through it. Chapter seven today too. But it's mentioned in four verses in chapter two, all of chapter five, 12 verses in chapter six, and in all of seven it addresses this one topic and that's adultery. I mean, Solomon goes off on adultery. He's talking to his son. He's talking to us. He's saying, whatever you do, here's some wisdom. Run away from that. Run away from it with everything you got because it is going to destroy you. It's going to take you down a path. Sexual sin is going to take you down a path that you never thought you would go on. It is going to destroy your life. He only mentions it three times the rest of the book, but the first seven chapters Chapter after chapter, verse after verse, he's saying, watch out for adultery. Don't go down that path. Don't give in to that temptation. All right, Jesus even said that, uh, I tell you that anyone who looks on a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So again, it's, it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. It's not just the physical action, but it's what we look at. It's what we allow to go into our heart. You know, If you haven't noticed, we've got a pandemic going on in our country, but it's not the pandemic you're thinking of. We've got a pornography pandemic. We really do. With technology that we have, phones in our pockets, pornography is just a click away. It's It's more accessible than ever before, and that's something that leads to adultery. It leads to broken relationships. It leads to divorce. It, it leads to, to rape, to sex trafficking, all these different things. In fact, the stats say that there's 40 million U.S. adults that regularly visit pornography websites on, on a monthly basis. That's 15% of all the adults in America. And it's not just guys. One out of three is a woman. People may think, well, I'm not hurting anyone. It, it's something that I do when I'm alone. But in reality, it's going straight to your heart. And when it, what goes in the heart comes out as well. Uh, I was listening to um, a, a sports radio program, uh, and uh, at the beginning of it, these guys were talking about this baseball player who was going through charges of sexual assault. And they were just railing on this guy. I, I can't believe he would do this. This is so terrible. I feel so bad for the victim. And, and this is just... This is just wretched. Like, this guy should just be thrown out of baseball completely. You know, I'm sitting there like, yeah, this is terrible. Like, how could he do that? About 15 minutes later, they started on a new topic, and they said, so the Kansas City Royals in their clubhouse decided to do an anti-pornography seminar and instruct the players of how bad it is. And they just started laughing at the Royals, and they thought, this is dumb. This is stupid. They're grown men. They can do what they want. They can look at what they want. Like everybody does it. It's just fine. I've never wanted to call into a radio program more than at that point. I'm just like, wait a minute. You think this one's wrong, but this one's just fine. Don't you know how that guy started out? Don't you know what led him down that path? Like, do you not see the connection here? Like, we can't say this is okay and that's not okay. We need to be careful where we fix our gaze, where we look uh, with our eyes. Because I've seen, I've seen what we fix our eyes on, it destroys, can destroy marriages. I've seen it tear down marriages. I've seen it tear down leaders. I've seen it tear down Christians, pastors, missionaries. Pornography can destroy you. And that's why Solomon writes, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. 
Protect your integrity, church. Above all else, guard your heart. Last thing, the direction you choose in life comes from the heart. The paths that you choose to go down, it comes from the heart. The places you go, the profession you choose, the person you choose to marry, the choices that you make, they're all reflections of your heart. They all come from the heart. Another popular verse in Proverbs chapter 3, we read it this week, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So we need to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and that's that's when he's going to make our path straight. That's when he's going to show us how to not go to the right or left, but he's going to show us the right path. Have you ever done something with all your heart? Right? You, you've given all your heart to something. And, and you've put everything into it. Uh, I'll share a quick story. There was one thing in my life that, that I gave all my heart to. And it was the day that I decided to propose to my wife to propose to Angie. I mean, it was just, I did everything. First thing I did, I went and bought a ring and I gave all of my life savings, you know? Like I had $7 left in my bank account when I got done with that ring. So I was, I was all in on this, guys. There, there was no plan B. This was, this was all. And I planned it all out. I did everything perfect. I spent a lot of time. I, I prepared. Uh, I, I worked the plan. I told my friends and, and I had it all set. And finally, the night came and it was, it was springtime, and we were going to go take a walk around Wiley Park at sunset, around the lake there. I had it all planned out. I mean, it was just like, you know, my heart was pounding. Like, can we get to that moment already? And I had, I had taped something underneath a bench at Wiley Park. So we got to that bench. I was like, Angie, I've got a gift for you. And I, I went underneath, and I pulled it out. I still have it here today. And it was a bouquet of duct tape flowers. I put a lot of work into these guys, all right? Some of you laugh, but the flowers you got for your wife are dead and gone and thrown in the trash. And these, they look just as good as the day I made them, all right? I mean, they're not the prettiest looking things, but they're really cool. And so I, I gave it to her, and, and, I, and I was like, all right, you know, take these. I was trying to make them all the colors of the sunset and, you know, trying to be romantic. And I even, when I was like, there's a surprise in this thing. I was like, Angie, pull out the middle rose. And so she pulled it out. Whew. I wrote her a poem. I'm not, I'm not going to read it to you today. That's embarrassing. Uh, you know, but I really went all out with this thing, right? With all my heart. And, and she got to the end, and it says, will you marry me? And I got down on one knee, and I had the ring there, the one that cost me all my bank account. And, and, and I was really hoping she'd say yes, right? And, and so I did it with all my heart. Has there ever been something you did with all your heart? I mean, with everything, because it says that's what we need to do. We need to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, to give him everything. And he's going to direct our paths. He's going to make our paths straight. So give, it says, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. And we do that by trusting in God with all of our heart because everything flows from the heart. Every, every choice we make, everything we look at, every word that comes out of our mouth, it flows from the heart. So today, if you're ready to take the next step in your leadership, it is time to guard your heart. It's time to choose to live in integrity. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. It's time to choose to live in integrity. If you're ready for leadership, this is the first lesson you need to learn. You don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the most talented. You don't have to be the most inspiring. You don't have to have the right words to say. The number one requirement is you live in integrity. You say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to choose to do what's right even when it's not easy. And today, if you failed in this category, if you're like, well, I can't be a leader because I'm messed up, good news for you, we all are. But we know a Savior. You may have a bad heart today, but we've got a God who can fix broken hearts, who, who can mend, who can restore your integrity. So today, I encourage you, go to Jesus. And if you've got things that are just they're not good. You've got evil in your heart. Go to Jesus. 
Let him have your heart. In fact, in, in Proverbs 17, 3, here's another proverb for you. It says, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold. And the Lord tests the heart. Heat purifies these metals. But time in the presence of God purifies our heart. So today, I want to encourage you, take time in the presence of God. I know we're running a little bit late, but I, take five minutes. Take five minutes today to just say, God, I surrender to you. Examine my heart. Test my heart. Show me if there's any dark corners, if there's anything that I'm hiding that, that I need to give. Show it to me, God. I give it to you. Would you stand with me? So we're just going to take a moment. The worship team's going to play. And, and I want to invite, I want to invite you. Come to these altars and allow God just to test your heart. Give it to him. Give him the good and the bad just take five minutes this morning before you go about your day, before you go find food, before you go watch the game give five minutes to Jesus this morning and allow him to examine it Jesus we need you today we need you to touch our hearts God you've given us a great call you've given us a great commission but before we go we want to make sure our hearts are ready so purify us this morning because everything flows from the heart. What we see, what we do, what we say. Guide us today. Purify our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you, find a spot at this altar and just allow God to examine your hearts this morning.